Muy buenos días, iglesia. ¿Cómo están? ¿Qué tal si hablamos en español nomás? Que ellos tengan que escuchar a través de un traductor. Muy bien. All right, you guys are going to have to go through a uh, traductor. How do you say traductor? Translator. You guys think we're... Okay, we are joking. Okay. Well, in the, in the first service, uh, after the first service se me ocurrió, I, I realized that uh, I failed to uh, have my wife and my kids stand up. And I, I guess it, it, it happened because I've been on the road by myself, and so I just jump into it. So anyway, you guys know Kelly and, and Janessa and Jordan, but Kelly, Janessa, Jordan, please stand up. I get, how about if you give them a, a huge round of applause? So, thank you, thank you. And uh, Becca in the middle, she's, uh, she's uh, one of our adopted kids uh, in, a, in a way. Her parents are missionaries in Peru, and she's at faith with the girls. So, so they're hanging out together. But uh, what a thrill, what a joy to be here with you guys. Uh, thank you guys for, for being our sending church. Thank you for praying for us, for supporting us. Thank you for putting up with us. Uh, everything that God does in Lima, Peru, through the Ferrix family is because of churches like you guys. Uh, investing in our lives. Uh, we, we are humbled. We are humbled to be a part of a family Uh, here uh, in Living Waters, and we just invite you guys to continue to pray for us. I don't know if uh, any of you guys have seen the prayer cards. We have these as, as you leave. Please grab one and put it on your refrigerator. We, uh, we desire that you pray for us. We need your prayers. Uh, the, this last uh, term in Peru, two and a half years, has been an incredible term and, and just completely out Uh, of, uh, out of the ordinary, out of the different than the last 20 years. Uh, so many things are happening that have never happened before. Really, our heartbeat is to uh, start a church planting movement that will sustain a mission sending movement around the world. Uh, our church plant is 12 years old. In the last, uh, in the last 10 years, we, we, the, our church has started two other church plants, and that's our heartbeat. Our heartbeat is that by 2024, at the latest 2025, we'll be able to send out another group of about 50 members from our church. I keep saying, okay, you guys, if you don't behave, uh, we're going to send you guys out. Uh, joking, of course. But uh, pray with us that, uh, that God will help us keep that focus of growing the body of Christ so that we can continuously be sending out church plants from our community. As Pastor Josh said, uh, 11 million people, there's, there's room for other churches to be, to be built up. And so that's our heartbeat. And uh, so as you guys pray for us, remember to, to lean in that direction. I just wanted to share briefly with you guys some of the different things that, that happened in, the, in this last term, haven't happened in the past. Uh, one, one experience was uh, after a service, uh, we were fellowshipping, people were talking, hanging out, and this guy came up to me and said, Esteban, ¿te acuerdas de mí? Steve, do you remember me? I looked at him a couple times and I was like, no, lo siento, no, no te conozco. I, I don't know who you are. And he said, well, I'm Esteban Nunez. And uh, he began to, to share with me right there that as a little kid, his, his dad abandoned their family. And uh, uh, 
he really had no purpose, no direction as a little kid. Nobody investing in his life. And out of the blue, entre comillas, out of the blue, uh, my dad just started reaching out to this young kid. Uh, as my dad would have to go out and run errands, he would pick up this kid and just take him with him. Uh, invite him uh, an empanada, something to eat along the road, uh, and just talk to this kid. Invest in this kid's life. And uh, started taking him to church, allowed him to wash his car so that, so that he could have some, uh, some pocket money. And this kid, as he's going to church, seeing, seeing the love of Christ within the church, this kid is drawn to Jesus. And he puts his faith in Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of his sins. And Esteban continues to grow. At the age of 18, he wants to go into full-time ministry. His pastor says, oh, you should go to seminar or to college first, get a degree, and then consider it. For the next 18 years, Esteban walks completely away from God, abandons God, abandons the church, and just lives the world. As we would say in Spanish, los placeres del mundo. I don't know how you say it in English. So he just lived in the world. And, uh, and Esteban's business grew tremendously. He was making so much money. COVID hits, and he just starts losing everything. Everything. And about that time, Esteban hears that there is un, un, un pastor, Carlos, uh, not Carlos, that's my dad, un pastor Fredich, Pastor Frerix, in the area, who's preaching. And, and he remembers, not Steve, but Chuck, my dad. And he goes to the church, and as he is there, all these memories of dad working in his life are flooding his memory. And so, he, and he says, Steve, your dad invested so much in my life, and I'm holding back the tears, praising God for the pri privilege of having godly parents who loved me and my, my sisters, but also loved so many other kids as their own and invested in their lives. Esteban is coming back to church, getting involved, wanting to, wanting to write certain areas of his life. And it's all because 30 years ago, 25 years ago, Chuck and Judy Ferrix invested in this young man's life. And I'm humbled to see the Holy Spirit working. Isn't that awesome how God works? And it's such a powerful reminder of our testimonies our testimonies continue on even after we die. And how are we living? What will others say of us? A couple months went by and Rosita came up to me and she said, Esteban, ¿te acuerdas de mí? Do you remember me? No, I'm sorry. She says, well, I was, when I was 16, I got pregnant. I ran away from home, not sure what mom was going to do to me. And I ended up at your parents' house. Your parents took me in, helped me through this process, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh, I kind of remember some girl in our parents' house and not really knowing what was going on, but okay. And here's another lady who, because of mom and dad's faithfulness in their lives, now years later has come around. Now she and her sons are starting to become more involved in our church. 
I've become good friends with the, she has two boys, and I'm thinking, wow, God, that, that is crazy. Here I was in high school, and she was 16, pregnant with, with this boy, and now we're friends. That's of God. By God's grace, people are getting saved, and it's because of your prayers. Oh, church, please continue to pray for the La Molina Church. Our, our heartbeat is to grow to be about 300, but then starting new church plants. That's our heartbeat. And so pray for us. Um, pray for a property, a location that uh, God will provide for us. As you see, the numbers are, are a little crazy. Uh, property is very expensive, but we trust in God. We have faith in God, and we're excited to go back. Honestly, when we came up, uh, none of us really wanted to come up because we were enjoying life and ministry so much. It's, it's special for us to come up and see you guys, spend time with family, and uh, enjoy those times. But when you are living and serving and the Holy Spirit is working in your life and through you and other people's lives, there's nothing greater than that. And so we praise God for the privilege of serving Him in Peru. I want to invite you to, to stand uh, this morning for the reading of the Word. Where, where are we in the Bible? Romans chapter 5. Okay, that coffee's working. All right. Follow along as we read from Scripture, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Praise the Lord for the word. You may be seated. And uh, let's pray that uh, God will just continue to work through his word this morning. Uh, I'm reminded of uh, back when I was in high school, I had the privilege of being a camp counselor. And uh, the last week of camp was high school, a week. And uh, these kids came. I'm a little nervous because, because I'm, I'm, they're the same, we're the same age and, and I'm supposed to be their counselor. And uh, during that week, I had the opportunity to share Jesus with some of them. A few of them got saved the last day of that week, I'm walking back to the dorm, and I see this kid sitting down, uh, kind of kneeled over by the door, and he's, he's just bawling. He's crying. I look at him, and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? And I, and I said, what's wrong? He tried to wipe away the tears, tried to get control of his voice. Probably took me two or three times to understand him, and finally I understood. He was saying, I'm adopted. Remember standing there, remember clear, clear as day, standing there, thinking, okay, uh, Lord, what do I say to this kid? How do I help him? How do I encourage him? And honestly, <laughs> nothing came to mind. My, my mind was blank. Here was this kid that needed help, needed encouragement, needed direction. In a time of hurt, of need, of suffering. And I, I wasn't that person for him. 
This morning here, as we open up God's word to Romans chapter 5, Paul wants to be that man who has those words of encouragement to us. And he's going to be asking us this morning, am I today, in this very moment, a child of God? Have I been adopted by God? If I were to die today, would I go to heaven? And if I am a child of God, do I, do I understand, do I grasp the blessings that I have in being part of God's family? God has blessings he wants to give to me. Am I enjoying them? Do I know what they are? Or am I completely oblivious to the blessings we have in God? Shall we pray? Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, oh God, for your faithfulness in our lives. Lord, you know where each one of us are at this morning. Father, you know where our needs are. Father, I'm sure this morning some people here have not been adopted by you yet. Maybe you're even reaching out to their lives this moment and they are rejecting you. They are pushing away from you. Father, maybe some here this morning are your children just kind of going through the busyness of life from one event to another, not really taking the time to meditate or think about what blessings do I have by being a child of God? What do you want from me, Father? So, Lord, I, I pray, oh God, that you would speak to our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Please open your Bibles to Romans 5 if you're not already there. And in Romans 1 through 4, the four chapters that you guys have already seen and studied, you guys are experts on those verses, Paul has emphatically proven that the whole world is guilty before God. Every single man and woman, and us also, right? Okay, one or two people, yeah. Too early for, yeah. We are all guilty before God. We are all sinners before God. We have offended God. Our unholiness, our sin has offended God. Paul has proven that, Romans 1 through 4. And Paul has gone on to say, that there is only one way of salvation in all times of history, Old Testament, New Testament, today, there's only one way to God. It's by grace through faith. And last week, I know you guys remember, through the word that, that Paul used, the example of what man? It starts with an A. Abraham. Very good. I didn't know if you were going to say Abe or, you know, Abraham. That's right. Abraham. God used, the, uh, God, Paul used the example of Abraham. Even in the Old Testament, before Jesus died on the cross and rose again, Abraham was not saved by his merit, by his works. He was saved by faith. And to sum up Romans 1 to 4, we can do it in the last two verse, words of the end of Romans 4. Verse 25 our justification, our being justified, our being declared righteous, being declared right before God. It's a great thing to maybe someone says, yes, you got the right answer, right? You got it right. Nobody wants to be uh, maybe in a competition and to give the wrong answer. We want to give the right answer. 
And to think that God would say, yes, you have the right answer for your salvation, for your eternity. How is that? It's when each one of us say, okay, God, yes, I, I believe that I am a sinner. My sin offends you, and my sin separates me from you because you are holy. And in my works, I can't do enough for, to save myself. Therefore, in your amazing love, you sent Jesus, who died on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he took my sins upon him. He took our sins upon him. And with our sins on him, he died. He paid the penalty for my sin. And God saw the sacrifice of Jesus and said, it is sufficient. It is enough. And on the third day, he rose from the dead. And when God, I believe that what your word says, then God declares us righteous. Isn't that amazing? That the God of this universe would declare you and I righteous before him. Chapter 4, as we saw last week, by faith we, what, what was the title of message last week? By faith we Trust God. Very good. All right. Because I have trusted in God, I have a relationship with God. Now in chapter 5, by faith, we enjoy God's blessings. We enjoy his blessings. But before we chapter 5, as Paul is writing the book of Romans to these believers, some of these believers say, okay, okay, okay. Faith. In Jesus. It's not by my work. But what about if I sin? What about if I fail and, and, I, and I go back? What happens? Do I lose my salvation? Do I have to get saved again? And Paul is going to use this chapter to encourage them and remind them that your salvation is secure in God. Amen? Even though we continue to sin and fail, we do not lose our salvation. We do not lose our adoption in God. We continue to be his children. And isn't that freeing, church? Oh, that God's love is eternal. Praise God. Paul is going to want to get that across to these believers. Okay, so let's jump into one. And it starts out saying, therefore, therefore, since we have been justified by faith. Whenever you see a therefore, it's important to realize that that word is a bridge between what was just said and said. That word, therefore, goes all the way back to Romans 3, I think it's 21, and moving forward. With this concept that we are sinners, we cannot save ourselves. Sin dwells in us. There is no goodness in us. We have been justified by God through faith in Jesus. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have. And here are the perks to our adoption in God. Here are the blessings we have. So the idea is, once I hear what these blessings are, may we all walk out Today, living them out, enjoying them, pursuing them. 
Amén. Amén, iglesia. Ok, muy bien. Ok, vamos adelante. Ok. Romans 5:1. Peace with God. We have peace with our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 1. So we need to jump out right away and ask, church, do we enjoy this peace with God? Do you enjoy peace with God? If you are in Jesus, you have peace with God. Are you enjoying that peace or are you, do you find yourself at odds with God? Fighting God to submit to Him, to pursue holiness. Are there areas in your life where you're saying, okay, God, you know, I trust you for my salvation. But this concept of sanctification, eh, I'm not quite so sure I want to go there. What area in my life Am I struggling with my peace with God? And may I say, okay, God, yes. I, I need to turn. I don't want to. I enjoy sin in my life. I need to turn it over to you. And what about peace with others? I'm reminded of, of Acts 2 when Peter gets up and preaches and 3,000 people are saved. Can you imagine the growth of the church that, that rapidly? So many people saved, coming together, fellowshipping together. And verse 47 says, And they all have, they all have with all people. Not just within the church, but even with their neighbors outside the church. Are, are you in favor with all people? Are you, are, you in, are you at peace with all people? This morning, uh, uh, I, was, I asked a question about soccer and two little kids in the back raised their hands. And uh, they walked out and the mom said, yeah, can you tell they're, they're off to soccer? You know, and he had his soccer socks on. He was excited you know, to go, go play. He had a doubleheader today. And, uh, and I think, you know, sometimes refs make the wrong call. Parents. Are we, are we at peace when refs make the wrong call? What, what areas? Uh, yesterday we were, we were uh, um, with, with family and we watched a little bit. Well, Joseph and Kimberly are in Indiana, so they like, we don't even want to say in church, right? It starts with, an, I think, an N, a college team. And at the very end, they lost. The very last seconds. And I'm wondering, the peace of God. What about in our relationships, church? With others? With your spouse? Have you ever, have you ever come into church uh, not really, not really uh, on the best of terms with your spouse? Have you? You want to raise your hands? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I... Uh, one time, one time, me being the pastor, I was not at peace with, uh, we, had, we had driven to church and, and our kids, they, they weren't really being bad, they were just being loud. And I'm getting annoyed, we're going to church, I'm preaching, we're going to church and, and I'm getting annoyed at, at our kids. Of course, not Janice and Jordan, it was the other three. And, uh, and by the time we get to church, I'm, I'm full out sinning. I'm angry. I open the door. I step my left foot out. 
and a church member walks by, and what do I do? Hola, hermanita, ¿cómo estás? Oh, you stinking hypocrite. <laughs> I had to put my foot back in the door, close the door, and confess to my kids. Uh, I was just 17 days in Washington, uh, speaking in churches, visiting people, and uh, missing my family. And uh, I wrote Kelly, I don't know if it was the day before, the day of, and I was like, hey, um, she's going to pick me up in the Des Moines airport. We can spend time together. We're empty nesters, and we're actually enjoying, sorry girls, we're actually enjoying it. I'm actually enjoying it more than I thought I would. Sorry girl, love you. But uh, I said, hey Kelly, do you, um, do you, uh, you want to go to Grace Park and walk around, just two of us? Yes. So we get there, and we're holding hands. You've been gone. I've been gone for 17 days. And we've walked, we've walked uh, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 steps. And all of a sudden, guess what I start doing? I start talking about money. <laughs> and uh, about two minutes in, Kelly's, Kelly says, I didn't think we were going to be talking about money. <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, we were fine, but it was, it was a little incomodo, right? It was a little awkward. Like, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, what in the world am I doing? Here, this is supposed to be romantic and fun and enjoyable. You know, so often we want peace. But the, the sin that dwells in our flesh, Romans chapter 3. Wow, good job. Romans chapter, the sin that dwells in our flesh it wants to take over. It wants to control. Well, maybe I'm the only one. I want peace, especially with Kelly. I love her, sorry, more than any of you guys. And here I am on this romantic walk. And de la nada, I don't know how you say that in English, sorry. You guys can just have to go with it. I start bringing up a topic that is just going to create strife. And God is saying, Steve, you are adopted by my family. I want to give you my peace. Not a peace depending on your circumstances, on your opportunities, but a peace from God that is eternal. It's because of what God did for me in my past, sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins, that today I can enjoy peace. And maybe we need to take a moment and just say, okay, God, where in my life do I not have peace? Whether it's you athletes on the, on the field, on the court, at work with colleagues, with a family member, where do I not have peace? With who can I only talk about certain conversations, superficial conversations? Am I enjoying this blessing in Christ? Am I at peace with all? Who in my life today do I not want to forgive because of something they did to me? Who am I quick to judge? Who am I quick to criticize? And if that's the case then God would invite us to start praying for that person. Pray that God would bless that person. 
Pray that God would change your heart. Not their heart. Change your, my heart, oh God. And ask God to give you an opportunity to speak blessing to that person. Does peace radiate from your life because you're adopted by the God of the universe? When people see you, does peace radiate from your life? By faith, we can enjoy peace with God. By faith, number two, we can enjoy grace of God. Verse two continues, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we, what? We stand in the grace of God. And here this word access is talking specifically about entering into the presence of God by the grace of God. We, it's the act of being brought into the presence of God. And uh, when I thought of this, I thought I love the term in his Graceland. Not, not Elvis Presley's Graceland, but Jesus's Graceland. Being brought into the presence of God. Being saved through Jesus. What do you think of that, church? We know that the Bible, throughout history, there were strict regulations because of the holiness of God. Man could not just wander into the presence of God, right? It had to be done specifically. And so, so often, there was only maybe a Moses or an Abraham out there. Everybody was like, you, you go, you go. I'm afraid. And the years go by and there's the, the temple built. The Gentiles could only go into the outer parts. The Jews could go in further. And the high priest could only go into the, the Holy of Holies one day. A year. Restrictions because of the holiness of God. And now what God is telling us here in Romans chapter 5 verse 2. Is because of the act of Jesus dying on the cross for you. And rising again the third day. You and I have access into the presence of God. By his grace we can enter his presence. A few months ago. Our, our son Joseph was really discouraged, really bummed out. And we're like, Joseph, what's, what's going on? And he says, I can't believe it. Messi's talking about signing with some club in the U.S. Joseph was devastated. No, no, no. Messi has to stay in Europe and break all the records before anything can happen. And then all of a sudden, se le prende el foco. Light bulb went off in Joseph's mind. Oh, if Messi is in the U.S., maybe I could go to one of his games. Joseph was talking about October 4th, algo así, something like that, that uh, Messi was going to be uh, in, in uh, Chicago. So he's like, hey, that's two hours from, from Mishawaka, Indiana. Maybe I could do that. He starts getting really excited. And... Uh, and uh, you guys who know Joseph well enough know that he would probably be willing to go really, really early and stay really, really late. Maybe even, I don't know, put a tent out or something to be able to see Messi, to be able to be in the presence of an amazing soccer player. 
And then God, this morning, pricks my spirit and says, Steve, how desirous are you to be in my presence? I've done everything for you to open the doors wide open. You are my child. I have adopted you. Come into my presence. Standing in my presence. Because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I ask myself, how much time do I truly desire to be in the presence of God? How important is it to me? I feel like sometimes if you're a second, third generation Christian, I'm a second generation Christian. My parents were believers. I grew up in the church. I literally was always in the church because my family, we were always in the church. I feel like so often for me as a second generation Christian, it's easy to be like, oh yeah, I love Jesus. Yeah, that's great. But it's just easy for me to take it for granted because it's always been there. Always done that. It's not necessarily that special or moving or powerful for me. How special is it for us to be in the presence of God? How often are we driven to open God's word and to alimentarnos? Alimentarnos. Feed ourselves. Thank you. Más rápido, hermana. Feed ourselves from God's word. How often are we drawn to pray and to pray for others? Is it, is it important to you? Do you desire to be in the presence of God, enjoying that fellowship with God? It's a gift. It's a blessing from God to each one of us. Where are we at? And then maybe the other side of it is maybe we just really desire to be other places, right? We have other things. They're, maybe they're not even bad things. Maybe they're not even like what the world would staple sinful addictions. But we just want to be in other places. We want to be with our friends, which is not bad. We want to be doing this. We want to be doing that. And we are so caught up in being or doing. We're so busy in our life doing so many things. That by the time that I think about going to Graceland, I'm just too tired. I'm just too wore out. And all these other things get my priority. And God is saying, Jesus is saying, I invite you into my presence standing before me. That is a gift, a relationship, access to God. How often do we run to church? To church? <laughs> well, you're here this morning. How often do we run to Jesus? How often do we open his word? A friend of mine back, back in the day when I worked at Porter Hardware, believer in Jesus, he, uh, he told me that one evening he heard his son saying, Daddy, Daddy, come, come look at me. And he said, just a second, just a second, son, I'm busy. I have work to do. He said those, those five minutes turned into almost an hour. Next thing, he went downstairs. His son, for almost an hour, had been sitting in a canoe, excited to show his dad. 
And his dad, Tim, my friend, was so ashamed that he kept his son waiting. And I think, oh God, how often do I do the same with you? By your grace, I have open access through Jesus Christ. By faith, we enjoy peace with God. By faith, we enjoy grace of God. By faith, we enjoy hope in God. Verse 2 continues, And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. This, this glory is primarily a future glory of being in the presence of God when we will share His glory. But I want to read here 2 Corinthians 3.18, and you guys know this to be true. 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Are you being transformed every day more into the image of Jesus? Do you want to be transformed cada dia, every day, more into the image of Jesus Christ? Is that a desire of yours? Well, if it is, God in his love and wisdom desires to help each and every one of us. How does he do it? You know. Verse 3, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. We don't like to suffer. This word suffering contains the picture of, of pressing an olive, squeezing it to get the oil from it. It's painful. It actually changes the appearance of the olive. And so often in our lives, God desires to do the same. Now, hay que recordar, we need to remember that this suffering isn't because of my sinful behavior, me, me doing my own selfish sins, and then suffering because of that. No, this is the suffering when I, as a believer in Jesus, I'm, I'm preaching the gospel, I'm trying to be holy in an unholy world, I am trying to be faithful to God, I am pursuing righteousness, I am, try, I am speaking to others of, of Jesus, and in that process, I suffer. That is this suffering here. Knowing that this suffering produces endurance. And that, that word endurance carries the idea of the, the, the wisdom, the understanding in the middle of your hurt, in the middle of the pain you're going through right now. I am able to say, God, I know you want to use this for my glory. I know you're using this pain, this hurt, Because you want to take me from where I'm at to where you want me to be, to be more like Jesus. And endurance produces character. And of course, that is the character, more of the image of Jesus Christ. It is the most beautiful version of yourself. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to be the most holy, the most humble, the most loving version of Steve Ferrix that God can do. And that comes through suffering. And character produces hope. And we're back to the word hope. The idea is when a believer in faithfulness and obedience to God suffers, that believer can say, yes, Lord, I don't, I don't like this suffering, but it's an evidence that you're working in me. You have an intention. You have a purpose in my life. You are refining me. 
to use me. Who is the best example that you can think of in the Bible of somebody who suffered for God's glory? I think of Jesus. Jesus, yes, very good. Jesus, Jesus didn't want to suffer the death of the cross. He knew what was going to happen. The physical pain, but also the separation from the Father. But he was willing to submit. And the blessings of the suffering of Jesus continue today. Amen. And each and every one of us enjoy the blessings from the suffering of Jesus. Think back to uh, this young man at camp. I was not able to, to help him, to encourage him. But in Romans 5, the Apostle Paul wants to help and encourage each and every one of us. Thinking of our own lives. Where am I at in my relationship with God? Am I adopted by God? If I were to die today, would I go to heaven? Do I have that certainty have I placed my faith only in Jesus for the forgiveness of my sins? And if I haven't, may today be the day of my salvation. And if I have been adopted into God's family, am I willing to suffer for him? When I suffer, can I say, okay, God, you have, an, you have a purpose for this. Use me for your glory. Oh, Father, help me. In all moments, en las buenas y en las malas, the good times and the bad times, may I live in peace with others. May I daily enjoy access to Graceland. And may my life show hope to a world. Father, thank you, Lord, for your amazing goodness. We are so undeserving, beginning with myself. Lord, you know my heart. You know my, my weaknesses, the ways I fail you, I disappoint you, and yet you choose to love me. Father, I pray for our church, Living Waters Fellowship. May we be a church that loves you and pursues you, that we live in peace with others. May we enjoy, may we crave as David said in Psalm 119, que la palabra sea nuestra delicia. May your word be our delight. And as a result, O oh Father, may the world see our hope in you. In Jesus' name, amen.